I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome in to MCM Radio. I am Jimmy Morris. Terry is not with me tonight. Terry is in Bristol for the big race this weekend. So I am joined by a very special guest, Mike Herndon uh, of MusicityMiracles.com, of the F Words Pod, of at Mike Miracles on Twitter. Mike, how are you tonight? I'm doing awesome, Jimmy. How about you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks so much for uh, jumping on with me tonight. Uh, we got Mike has been Mike spent the last two days out at the Titans Patriots joint practices. Uh, the Titans were nice enough to give Music Miracles a media credential, and Mike was able to take advantage of that and be out there for the last couple of days. So he saw everything that went on firsthand. So we're going to get into all of that stuff with him. Before we do that, um, again, just know this is where you can find Terry and I now. Uh, we're on the Music City Miracles feed, so wherever you get your podcast, if you'll just search out Music City Miracles, you'll find us there. Uh, same thing for Mike's podcast, F Words Pod. You can get them. Uh, same deal. Wherever you get your podcast, just search them out there. You can find them. I know they've done a couple episodes around this stuff, a lot of good stuff they've got going on. And then, again, Mike's work at Music City Miracles. Uh, if you're listening to this, you're probably familiar with it. All right, so let's start with the offensive side of the ball. Um, there was a, you know, a, a kind of a national narrative with it with a quarterback uh, competition controversy, however you want to put that. We may talk about that a little bit at the end, but um, just from what you saw from these two days of practices, how do you assess the current Titans quarterback situation? Yeah, so I would say based on the last two days um Mariota was was clearly the sharper quarterback of the two both days um you know that that shouldn't come as a huge surprise uh but after the the preseason game and everything I think you know everybody kind of reacted to uh the numbers and, and some of the the results that came out of that um but Mariota was pretty clearly the uh better quarterback Tannehill was was rough both days honestly this was the worst I've seen him uh, in the, the days that I've been out there. Uh, so he um, threw, I think, two or three picks on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, uh, had some periods where he had just a really low completion percentage. So uh, I think both quarterbacks weren't exactly helped by the fact that there were some relatively limited uh, wide receiver options out there. But uh, Mariota um, handled it a lot better uh, than Tannehill did. What about speaking of the receivers? Did any of those guys really stand out? Um, so Corey Davis didn't take a ton of reps yesterday when I was primarily watching uh, the Titans' offense. Um, I, I, I understand that he did more today, um, but not, nothing uh, like spectacular like he was doing regularly early in camp. Um, the guy that jumped out to me, and part of it's because you know he's the, kind of the shiny new toy, but. Uh, AJ Brown um, made the catch of the day on Wednesday. Um, he got uh, over Jason McCourty on a uh, sideline go route and uh, 
Tannehill was able to drop it over uh, the outside shoulder and A.J. Brown made a really nice adjustment on the ball, kind of sliding down to catch it over his shoulder as as McCourty got back into the play and tried to uh, break it up. But he was able to hang on and, and make a big chunk play there. Um, and then he had a couple really nice contested catches in red zone periods today. Uh, and then another nice contested catch over the middle. One, the one thing with him that I think – you know, he, he probably needs to polish up and it's not shocking that this is, this is an issue for him, but his releases at the line of scrimmage, he, he had a tendency to get a little bit jammed up by some of the Pats corners um, and have trouble getting loose off the line. So some of those contested catches, you'd, you'd love to see him have a little bit more separation and, and not have to be contested, but the fact that he can make them and, and shows those natural ball skills and tracking skills that made him uh, one of the top prospects in the draft is why you picked him to begin with. You can work on the release stuff and, and improve that. Uh, he's got all the the quickness and, and strength and everything like that uh, needed. It's just working on refining that technique, I think, to take him to the next level. But he, he stood out uh, for, for good reasons both days. You want to say anything about your boy Taewon? I know he made a big play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. Um, so, you know, obviously the, the – preseason game was absolute disaster for for Taewon and with his previous issues it, it's kind of just throwing more fuel on the fire of of the fan base for for kind of wanting his head uh I've always been a little bit of a Taewon defender just because I, I do believe in this the speed and the talent to get over the top of the defense is is so important um obviously you need to catch the ball when when you do that every now and then to keep them uh to keep them respecting that but he was really good both days in practice, uh, particularly on Wednesday. He ha- he caught two, I think, 30 to 40-yard bombs uh, where he was able to get behind the defense and then, uh, you know, did a good job of hauling it in uh, at the end of the play. And then he also had a couple red zone plays or uh, sideline plays where he was able to jump up, uh, you know, catch the ball with his hands, not, not body catching uh, for once. And get both feet in this time. So, you know, you want to see a guy after a tough preseason like game like that respond. And I think Taylor did a really good job with that. Now he's, he's got a long ways to go before he, I think earns back the trust of the fan base for sure. Um, but it, it's a good first step and you want to see him translate that over to Saturday night's game uh, in the preseason um, before you get too excited, but a good response from him either way. Yeah, and so let's talk about Taewon for a minute because, you know, obviously the preseason game was a disaster. Uh, yeah. n- nobody can argue that. But I, I feel like it went a little bit too far. Um, people talking about him not making this roster. And, yeah. uh, you know, listen, I, there, I have some real concerns about him. Like you said, the, the body catching thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand why he can't break that habit. I mean, you see those, some of those pictures where the ball's up here and his hands are down here, <laughs> you know, and you, you just know it's going to hit him in the face. We've seen it happen before. Yeah. Um, but he does have, you know, a speed element that the that they don't really have anybody else that has. He was a third yeah. round pick a couple of years back. I, I can't see them moving on from him at this point because there's obviously some potential there. And I mean, Terry and I talked about this after the preseason game. I mean, I think he's like he's in like the top 10 all time. Uh, as far as college yeah. receiving goes. So, you know, it's just one of those things you, you, you don't think that that part of it's not going to translate. Uh, there's some other things, but it's, it's just like he can't, he can't catch, he can't find the ball at times. So I don't know. I mean, hopefully they can get it figured out for him. 
Uh, I mean, I have some real concerns about his his ability to be uh, a really productive receiver long term. But yeah. I still think if they can get him, I mean, I don't focus. I mean, I don't know what the what the exact issue is, but I still think he can be a really helpful p- part piece of this offense. I mean, we saw it last year in that Jets game. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just there's something he brings to the table that they don't have. It's just weird how. Uh, you know, his his inability to catch the ball and Adoree Jackson's inability to catch punts are just two of the weirdest things because, it, you know, if there was anything that, you know, you would have bet on, especially like with him, with Adoree, it's that they'd be able to do those two things. And yeah. for whatever reason, that just hasn't translated. Yeah, sometimes, it, you know, it just seems like it, something gets stuck in their head. And, they, and really, I think Taewon's issue right now, I think he's got a little bit of a case of the yips. I, I think... It's in his head, you know, some I've heard other, you know, wide receiver gurus and stuff like that talk about, you know, when a guy is jumping to catch the ball when he doesn't have to and stuff like that stuff we see Taewon do all the time. That's when a guy isn't confident that he's going to catch the ball. He he feels like he's got to like go up and put put his body between the ball and like where it's headed to make sure, you know, he can at least stop it. It's I, I think it's a mental thing as much as anything, not to say he's got, he's going to suddenly become, you know, Larry Fitzgerald and catch everything. But, um, I think he can at least get to a point where he could catch the ball like a, a normal receiver. Um, he did it, you know, like you said, in college to a prolific level. So, you know, if he can maybe get out of his own head and, and start trusting his hands a little bit more, um, you know, maybe we'll see, maybe we'll see him bounce back. I, I, you know, I don't know that he's ever going to be the guy that they probably hoped he was when they took him in the third round, but he could still be a productive part of this offense uh, if he can get past that. So I'm hoping he can. That's another thing and, and we get kind of off topic here, but um, the whole confidence piece of this, I, I think is really fascinating because, you know, a lot of times we forget that, you know, these, these guys, it, it, as elite as they are, they're, they're still human beings. And this is the thing that I've said about Marcus really since the leg injury. Like, I think the first year back, I, I, I don't think he trusted I don't think he trusted his leg. Like, I, I think there were times where he got skittish because of the leg. Now, they never said that. He never said that. But that's just what it looked like to me. And it seemed like he kind of lost confidence after that. And he's never gotten back there. You don't see him yeah. out there as that confident guy. And I would make the argument, too, that they could do – my thing with Marcus is you can watch the first, like, three or four drives of a game, and you pretty much know what you're getting from Marcus Mariota. Mm-hmm. If he comes out and he's dealing early, he's going to have a good game. If he's off early, he's not very good at rebounding and coming back. And so, to me, that speaks to his confidence. They talk about getting him in a rhythm and all that kind of stuff, and I, I think there is something to that with certain guys, he seems like one of those guys, but it just seems like there are a few of those guys that on this team that have got, they get a little bit shell-shocked. I mean, I think Derrick Henry was like that, um, you know, yeah. until he, you know, went crazy in December last year, just not trusting what they're seeing, wh- whatever it may be. And, you know, if you could, if you could flip that switch, I think you would see a, a, a big difference in these guys. I don't know, you know, I don't know if they have like a, psychologists on staff or something like that but it seems like some of these things are I mean it it sounds kind of simple from that standpoint but like Marcus Mariota I mean we saw him his first two years in the league I mean he was you know making the Patrick Mahomes no look pass so I mean it was actually you know the Marcus Mariota no look pass because he did (laughs) but you know what I'm saying like we saw that kind of stuff from him early on and he doesn't look like that guy at all anymore and so you know it's in there somewhere but it just seems like he he doesn't feel like he can be that guy anymore 
Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And it's funny you bring that up because I, I actually was having a conversation about this earlier today with uh, somebody. And it was, I, I, I agree. I think it's a confidence thing. And I think ever since that broken leg, he's been a little bit skittish in the pocket. And I think that's, you know, natural because obviously you, you've suffered some some pretty big hits. I mean, he, he's taken a lot of knocks and bruises through his four-year career so far. It, you know, it's been well-reported. Um and it's natural for, I think, him to, to have some sort of reaction to, you know, getting injured and feeling that pain, that kind of thing. But at the same time, I don't think you can play quarterback that way because the guy that we saw those first two years was fearless in the pocket. You know, he, he was not looking at the rush. And now he's very hypersensitive to pressure. I feel like he sees a flash and all of a sudden you see his eyes come down and he starts looking for his escape route from the pocket and kind of moving around. So I think whether they can break that, that guy or whether they can break that, I guess, mental block that he's got about it is I think the key to his development, honestly, because I mean, we've seen him, you know, accuracy is not a problem for him. Arm strength isn't a problem for him. I think he's a smart guy. Um, he's got all the tools you could possibly want, which is what makes him such an intriguing prospect and what makes people still believe in him, even through everything we've been through with him. But, you know, if you're even if you've got all those things, if you're staring at the pass rush or or just overreacting to the pass rush, you're really hurting yourself because, I mean, that's that's how you end up getting chased down and sacked, you know, 11 times in a game and stuff like that. I mean, not to say the offensive line is totally off the hook there, but you know, he's a big part of that, you know, getting rid of the ball is a big part of, of your own protection as a quarterback. So um, I don't know. I, I hope we see that guy again. Cause he was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. He was a lot of fun to watch. It'd be really fun for this team to have a quarterback that, you know, we felt good about um, yeah. anyway. All right. Getting back to the last couple of days, I mean, what's the run game look like right now? I mean, obviously Derrick Henry has not been out there at all really since I guess the first day of camp or really just the beginning of camp. And we saw, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think we feel good about Deion Lewis in the right role in this offense, but we saw that it didn't work out so well when he was the only guy last year. So what, what did the rush, the running game look like these last couple of days? Um, you know, I, I think the run game, it, it hadn't been producing a whole lot of big chunk plays. Um, Lewis has looked like pretty clearly the best back as you'd expect him to. Cause I mean, Jeremy McNichols is the second best guy out there right now. So um, he doesn't have a ton of competition, but uh, not a ton of chunk plays. And, and I will say that there's a noticeable jump in the run blocking when Taylor Lewan comes into the game uh, with that second unit, Taylor Lewan, I mean, it's not a newsflash that he's really good, but it's just something that's kind of crystallized to me as, as I've been watching him. Uh, these last few weeks, you know, he comes in in that second unit and all of a sudden they're just gashing holes on that left side. Um, he's such a big deal to what they do. And it's going to be super painful, I think, having him out those first four weeks, um, which sucks to say. But um, that being said, the, the offensive line, the first group, I feel like has done a pretty nice job. It's it's not huge holes, but but they are getting some push off the line of scrimmage. There's not a whole lot of plays getting blown up in the backfield, but you're also not seeing those big chunk chunk runs either. Yeah, and so then I mean, last thing, the offensive line. Uh, I know they've done a lot of mixing and matching. What what was the combination they were running out there with the ones, and, and I mean, how did you think that looked? 
So the last two days were uh, Kelly. Um, they had Saffold in there Wednesday, and then uh, Jamil Douglas was in there today because Saffold had a day off. Uh, ben Jones at center, and then right guard has been Kevin Pompeo, uh both days, and Jack Conklin at right tackle. So um, it seems to me like Pompeo is currently the leader for that right guard spot. Um, and I, I'd say Jamil Douglas is really probably the, the number two guy in line, as surprising as that might be, uh, based on our, our expectations coming into the uh, training camp. But um, yeah, he's, uh, I think the offensive line is, is been pretty good. I think Conklin, the big takeaway that I've had so far is that Conklin is looking a lot like him old, his old self. Uh, you know, that's, that's one of the biggest things that, you know, I think most people have been concerned about coming into this year is, is can Conklin get back to, to what he was before. And I think the early indications are very good from him. He's, he's been solid, uh, in every part, every practice rep that I've watched him and I've been keeping a close eye on him throughout just because, you know, I, I, I've been interested to see where he was, uh, where he was coming back after uh, the struggles last year and, and another knee injury. So, yeah, and it was—I mean, it was going to be big for them to for Conklin to be good this year anyway. But especially with Lawan missing that first month, I mean, that they, they got to have him um, because you don't you don't have another option right now because Dennis Kelly has to play left tackle. Yeah. All right, so that'll do it for the offensive side of the ball. Coming up, we will talk a little bit about what Mike saw on defense. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So, first off, what's it like to see Tom Brady out there? I mean, that, that had to be pretty cool. I was out there last year. And it's always cool just to see. I was out there last year when they, when they practiced with the Bucs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's always cool just, it's to see another team anyway. Um, and, you know, just the, the different quarterbacks, all, all that kind of stuff. And I just remember watching Mike Evans the day that I was out there and how he just looked like a different class from anything that the Titans had. But you're out there watching yep. Tom Brady, who is, you know, I mean, arguably the greatest quarterback ever. Um, I mean, I know we all hate him, but you have to respect what he's done. Um, and, and, you know, obviously that the high level that he's played at for as long as he has. Um, so what was it like just being out there and watching him work? Yeah, it, it was really amazing to me to see him and, you know, not, not to compare him to the Titans quarterbacks or anything like that, but the guy is – he's extremely vocal. Um, he's, he's really conducting the whole thing. I mean, he's, he's putting wide receivers in the right spots. He's moving them. He's, he's telling them where to line up, when to get set. You know, if they run the wrong route, he jumps all over them and screams across the field. I mean, there, there is, he is holding that whole group accountable, uh, over there. And, and it's, it's just fun to, to see him operate. And to be honest, I mean, you just don't see him miss many throws. I mean, that, that goes, that, you know, isn't surprising. He's Tom Brady. He's one of the best quarterbacks ever, but even at 42, I mean, the guy is still putting plenty of zip on the ball and, and just like a machine, putting it right in stride, right on the numbers. 
uh, you know, setting guys up for run after catch. It, it's it's really amazing to watch him work. And, uh, you know, he was he was doing a lot of uh, back and forth with Vrabel, too, throughout the, uh, the two practices. So that was a lot of fun to see. All right, so with all that being said, it, it seemed like the Titans' defensive backs held up pretty well today. I saw some video of, of some of the stuff they did, you know, and obviously they can't video anything from the 11 on, on 11. But even like in the, you know, just receiver versus DB things, it, it seemed like the Titans' defensive backs had a pretty good day today. Yeah, they did. Um, you know, I thought the – it sounded like – in I focused kind of on the offense on Wednesday, but – uh, it sounded like the, the Patriots offense kind of got the best of them that day, but today I thought it was very competitive and I, I thought the Titans DBs probably, uh, got a little bit better of the, the Patriots wide receivers, um, in one-on-one periods. And then also in, in some of the early, uh, seven on seven and team stuff that they did. But yeah, yeah I thought, uh, I know all the, the starting quarterbacks had some nice pass breakups during uh one-on-one periods uh kevin byard had a couple nice plays which you you know we come to expect from him at this point and uh kareem Orr is kind of the guy that i thought stood out uh among some of the depth guys and we've heard his name a little bit here uh coming out of camp with some some one-handed interceptions and stuff like that he's a guy that's kind of known for being around the ball frequently and uh, he made some made some nice plays today as well. And he's starting to become a guy that I think you could look at as kind of a fringe roster candidate. If not, uh, he would be a priority practice squad guy to me. So um, that that's kind of a guy that I think would be worth keeping an eye on uh, Saturday night in the preseason. What about just other things that stood out to you defensively? Um, I, th- I think Harold Landry's added bulk and strength is noticeable. Um, he's doing a really nice job setting the edge. He pulled out a, a few nice uh, bull rushes and, and like long arm stab kind of moves uh, today, which we're, we're able to rock uh, his opposing tackle back into the lap of Tom Brady. So he was he was getting some pressure. Uh, Sharif Finch is, remains pretty active out there. Um, he does a good job of throwing his body around in the run game and uh, he, he gets after the passer too. So I, I think, you know, some of the pass rush guys are fun. Um, I noticed today uh, Amani Bledsoe was, was getting some work with the ones, which was kind of surprising. He's a uh, undrafted uh, defensive lineman um, who had been hurt early in camp. So he's just now, I think kind of getting into the swing of things and they've been playing him pretty high in the rotation. So um, he's another guy that I would recommend keeping an eye on uh, Saturday night. Yeah. Because that defensive line, I mean, it, it's interesting. It, it, there are spots there. I think that can be one, uh, you know, I, I think the starters are pretty solidified, but a guy like Austin Johnson, um, who, I mean, everybody had some good things to say about him today after practice, but mm-hmm. has certainly not, you know, lived up to where they drafted him. Uh, it seems like they've just been constantly kind of rotating through guys there trying to find pieces that, that fit. I mean, obviously we know they got Simmons, but it's going to be a while before we see him. Jarrell Casey's back out there, so that's good. But that seems like one of the spots, like you said, it, it's something to keep an eye on in the preseason because – you know, I, I don't think there are a lot of there, – there are very few, you know, starting questions in this training camp. I mean, you pretty much know who's starting where, especially now that, you know, Lawan's missing those first four games. That, that answered, you know, a couple of questions on the offensive line. 
But, um, you know, on the defensive line, I think there is some movement that could be made there as far as guys making the team. I mean, I know they've got some guys they like. And like I said, he had good things, very well, good things to say about Austin Johnson. uh, And I think Daquan Jones today. But it it just seems like that that could be a a group that's kind of in flux. Like I said, because Simmons is going to start on an FI, PUP, whatever it's going to be. So you don't have to, you know, I mean, you're going to have an extra guy there, at least until he's ready to go. So that, that, that just, to me just seems like one of the more interesting, at least back into the roster spots. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think uh, another guy that kind of stood out on in that group was uh, Brent Urban. Um, he's a guy that I wasn't expecting to see bring as much energy as he did. Um, he's kind of, uh, a high energy guy out there. Um, and he does a really nice job, obviously him being six, seven, 300 pounds, uh, with some crazy long arms, he, he gets in the way of some passes in the passing lanes and he got his, uh, big paws up there a couple times and batted down some passes and, uh, you know, tip, tip passes are great, uh, interception, uh, recipes. So, it would be nice to be able to see him use that length because that's something the Titans defense has been missing for the last couple of years. You know, you think about the guys like, you know, Daquan Jones and Austin Johnson. I think they're around like six three, six four, maybe. Uh, so you're talking about those are the taller guys in that group because Casey's six foot, six one, kind of a odd shape for a defensive lineman. But uh, Urban's a, a totally different animal at six seven. So he's uh, he's interesting to watch out there for sure. He's he's got some serious length on him. All right, then last thing uh, everybody's talking about this this quarterback controversy or quarterback battle or, you know, whatever. And in, in that's what everybody's talking about nationally. Um, here locally, everybody has pretty much said, you know, it, it's Mariota's job. Um, you know, I, I think when – I guess it was Diana Rossini that said that Mariota was on a short leash, which I, I think is – I mean, I think that's fairly obvious. They He doesn't have a contract beyond this year. So they've obviously not invested a lot in him. But, you know, and you said it a little bit earlier, but just kind of based on what you saw um, – how big do you think the gap is between Mariota and Tannehill and, or Tannehill, I got in trouble for mispronouncing his name by somebody on Twitter <laughs> one time. Um, how, how big pun- do you think, pronunciation, please. Yeah, exactly. How big do you think that gap is? And what, at, at what point do you think the, the, the staff here would consider making a change? I mean, I, I think the gap I think the gap is there. I don't think it's as big as obviously it's been in previous years with Matt Castle and Blaine Gabbert. Tannehill is much, much better than, than either of those guys, which is a great thing for the Titans. Um, but I do think Mariota is pretty clearly the better quarterback at the moment. I know Thursday's preseason game didn't necessarily reflect that, but we're talking about eight passes from him uh, versus a first string defense versus, you know, Tannehill getting three or four drives against the Eagles backup. So um, I think you're comparing a little bit of apples and oranges. If you just look strictly at the performance from that game and try to base your decision on who the better quarterback is. So, you know, I'd say in practice, the gap is there. I don't think it's a huge gap. I think Tannehill is very competent. Um, even, even if he did struggle a couple, uh, a couple days this week. Um, yeah, I, just, I, I don't think it's a controversy though. That's the thing. It's, it's, if it was a controversy, you'd be seeing Tannehill get some reps with the ones. And we have seen exactly zero of that uh, so far. He's clearly the guy that's operating the second unit. 
So I, I don't understand. I, I I don't think until we see that or until we see Mariota really bomb out uh, in a game that means something, I, I just can't see them making the move before week one, which is what some of these people are talking about, which seems crazy to me. All right, before you get out, anything else that stood out to you in the last couple of days? Um, you know, I, I think a lot of the the stuff between uh, Vrabel and Brady was kind of fun. The the Patriots, uh, obviously, it's Vrabel's birthday. I think the other day, so the the Tom Brady sent the rookies, the Patriots rookies, over to sing happy birthday to uh, Vrabel for practice, and then uh, apparently Brady brought Vrabel a. Uh, tiny small trophy with the score of last year's game on it uh as, as kind of a joke gift uh, uh for Vrabel today and and there was some back and forth I think today he had uh Brady threw a, a high pass in the end zone to Ben Watson uh during a red zone seven on seven and he wasn't able to come down with like uh he went up and tried to grab it with one hand and and didn't didn't get it and uh, Vrabel kind of screamed across the practice field at Brady that, uh, you know, he knows he would have had that if he was still playing. So there were some fun moments like that. And it seemed like, uh, you know, obviously there's a huge amount of respect between those two guys. And it, it was fun to see them interact out there. Yeah, that was cool, too. They were talking about, um, you know, I think Belichick and Vrabel both said talking about practicing with a team that you trust. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and showing some stuff probably in the in those practices that they wouldn't even really want to show in a preseason game. Um, but getting yeah. able, being able to work on some of that stuff. And so I, I think that's cool. I'm really glad they were able to do that. And obviously getting to do it against a team that has the, you know, just the prestige and the class and all that that the, the Patriots have. Um, that, that's going to do nothing but make the Titans better. And I think, you know, the the coaching staff, although I don't know that they'd be willing to say that or say this, I, I think they're going to take more away from what they saw from guys these last couple of days and even what they'll see on the field Saturday night. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And, and it was interesting. I thought uh, Mike Reese Rice, uh, I'm not sure how you pronounce that, but uh, one of the bigger uh, Patriots reporters um, was down here. He uh, he tweeted out today that in 20 years covering Patriots joint practices, he thought this was possibly the best one uh, as far as he was concerned, as far as two teams working, working hard, really competing with each other. Um, and he came away, he came away pretty impressed, which says a lot, um, from a guy that's seen, seen a lot of those things over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, got anything you want to plug while you're here? Uh, no, just, uh, check out, uh, the stuff at musiccitymiracles.com. Um, have a few more pieces, uh, coming out here in the next few days. And then, um, obviously some preseason game recaps and all that kind of fun stuff. But, um, yeah, that and then check out the F Word Spot. So always good fun. Yeah, absolutely. So again, Mike at Mike Miracles on Twitter, uh, at F Words Pod. You can find them wherever you get podcasts. Uh, again, we appreciate you so much listening to us here. Uh, we will have a recap after the game Saturday night. I uh, don't know who will be on that with me, or I may just do it by myself since Terry will still be at Bristol uh, <laughs> watching the race. So um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But anyway, and obviously on this feed, Museum Miracles feed, you get the podcast from James and Justin as well. Titans Film Room Podcast, they're doing a really good job with that. So you can check them out. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at MCM, and obviously the MCM account at TitansMCM. So, Mike, thanks so much for taking time to join us tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, 
it was good fun. So uh, for Mike, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening to MCM Radio, and we will talk to you again this weekend.